welcome to the Taney Love Church Podcast. Our desire is to gather, train, and send those who are called to the kingdom. We hope this message inspires, uplifts, and equips you to fulfill the call that God has placed in your life. Thanks again. God bless. I've got a word on my heart this morning, and it's 1147. Are you all okay? You know, I've been to rock concerts before where we spent two hours standing in the venue before the opening band even came out, and then the opening band came out and did their thing, and they played for 30 minutes, 45 minutes, and then we spent the next two hours, you know, watching the main band do their thing. And nobody complained. Nobody complained. But you go to church a lot of times, and you go past 47 minutes, and people are, why? Why would that be? Why would, what, what would be the reason that people would be different? They don't value it. And, um, you know, a lot of people have two services anyway. We're just jamming them into one. We're just jamming them into one. Um, I, I want to say this. Um, I'm very thankful for Micah and Becky. And uh, there's not a lot of head pastors who would ask somebody else to speak on Easter Sunday. A lot of times, that's their time. You got new people. That's the big show. You got new people coming in. And just to give that to somebody else... Um, I'm thankful for Micah and Becky's heart uh, and the servants that they are. Um, I've not known many people like them, and I'm thankful for them. Praise God. Um, All right. Well, if y'all can hook with me, we're going to go somewhere today. i got to say something here in the beginning. Uh, While I'm doing that, turn to John chapter 11, and I I just need to uh, clear some little trees so the big one can fall here. Um, I'm, I'm going to read this to you. Don't turn here. But in 2 Timothy chapter 4, it says this in verse 2. Preach the word. Preach the word. It didn't say preach your opinion. It didn't say preach your convictions even. It said preach the word. It didn't say preach what people want to hear all the time. He, went, he goes on to say, be instant in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all suffering and doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust they shall heap to themselves teachers, having itching ears. And they shall turn away their ears from the truth, and shall be turned unto fables. You watch in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. Um, In order to fulfill my ministry... (laughs) <laughs> there are times that I, I might be preaching something that is reproving mm-hmm. or rebuking mm-hmm. or exhorting. Now, a lot of times, what, especially on Easter, you know, people come to church and they're like, you know, I got an Easter egg hunt at one thirty, and I just want to get in. You know, we'll do a couple Bethel songs and, you know, praise God for Bethel. I love Bethel. <laughs> But we'll do a couple of songs, and, and then, you know, maybe we'll just have, like, a fun little sermon. Tell me about Jesus rose from the dead. Great. And we're out. We're gone. And, and people want something to think about and to ponder on their way to Golden Corral. <laughs> now, 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 why you'd be going to Golden Corral, I don't know. What did he say, Elijah? Touch not the unclean thing? That macaroni's on a double shift, if you know what I mean. You know, it's, you don't... That's a word today. That's a word today. Don't don't do that. If you go there, it's your own fault. (laughs) Praise the Lord. But a lot of times people want something to just kind of think about. And and, uh, I believe the Holy Spirit gave me a phrase. And and I don't mean an audible voice, but on the inside of me, in my heart, still small voice. Uh, I believe he said that a lot of people trade what is spiritually nourishing for what is thought-provoking. 
And, 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 and I don't want to just give you something fun to think about. I, I want to feed you. I want to give you something that's going to help you. Yeah. You know, Jesus told Peter after he had denied him, he said, Simon, do you love me? And he said, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said, feed my sheep. Um, those of us in here who are ministers, our responsibility is to feed the flock of God. And in order to do that, um, you know, parents sometimes have to feed their kids things they don't always yeah. want. I mean, if you just let a kid have whatever he wants, he'll eat sugar all day, every day, and it, it'll get sick. And uh, I, I don't want to do that this morning. I, I want to be faithful to what the Lord's put in my heart. I want to preach the word to you. But, you know, in order to do that, um, ministers have to get free from the fear of man. Because there's too much what I call preferential preaching. <laughs> preaching what people want to hear, what they prefer to hear, and preaching for the amount of time that people want to hear it. That's not, that's not what I'm here to do. Listen, I, I mean this lovingly, I mean this kindly, but I don't work for you. I love you. I'm a servant to you. That's what the Bible tells me to be. But I work for him. Jesus preached messages sometimes that made people want to kill him. And they did kill him. I'm not trying to just sour my sermon before I get started here. I just, like, what in the world are you going to preach about? We're going to talk about hell. Um, no. Uh, no, I, I just... I, I, I say that because I say this. On Easter, a lot of times, you know, you think, Lord, can I, you know, can I preach something lighter, something that people will like me for? And I felt like what the Lord put on my heart this morning is a little bit of a meat. And is that okay? Yes, sir. Can, can I be straight with you? You know, if you go to a doctor and he finds an issue with you that's serious and he looks back at you and says, oh, you're, you're doing great. You just keep doing what you've been doing. You're beautiful just the way you are. You're perfect just the way you are. Yeah, Colby Calais, you don't need to change a single thing. You know, that's not a good doctor. And, and, and that's an even worse friend. The Bible says faithful are the wounds of a friend. Somebody who really loves you will tell you the truth because they love you. They care about you. The Bible says the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. So um, I'm not going to kiss you this morning. You can rest easy. I'm not going to try to kiss you this morning. Praise the Lord. All right, let's get started. We're, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go through this in a timely manner. I'm not going to keep you here all day. And, and listen, if you need to slip out, it's okay. Nobody's going to judge you or get mad at you if we go long today. But I will tell you this. I have some things on my heart for the end of service that I believe there's going to be some time of ministry for those who, who need it and desire it. So we might be here for a while. And if you got to go, it's all right. Nobody, nobody's upset with you. Um, that's fine. John 11. All right. I like cold opens, Elijah. I like, I like cold opens. I like movies with cold opens that just kind of just, just jump right into it, you know. John 11 and verse 25 in the New King James. We'll get started here, and we'll go for it. Nancy, okay, thank you very much. He said, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, yet shall he live. Verse 26, and, and whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Uh, you know, Easter is not just about resurrection remembrance. Easter is about resurrection awareness. I'll say it again. I'll give you one more chance. Easter is not just about resurrection remembrance. It's about resurrection awareness. I, I've decided to start calling Easter Resurrection Awareness Day. Why? Because it's not just about what he did. It's about who he is, where he is, what he is right now. He didn't just rise from the dead. He is risen. And the Bible says that the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you. Yeah. Yeah. Verse 27, she said unto him, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the son of God, which should come into the world. 28. And when she had so said, she went her way. Skip on down to verse uh, oh, 39. He said, take away the stone. And Martha, the sister of him who was dead, said, Lord, by this time there is a stench, 
for he has been dead four days. Why is there a stench? Because he's been, he's been decaying. There's an implication of oldness. There's a stench. It stinks because he's been dead for four days. And Jesus said in verse 40, Did I not say to you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? And he went down to pray and thank the Father for hearing him always. And, uh, and then he said this in verse 43, Lazarus, come forth, verse 44. And he who had died came out bound, hand and foot, with grave clothes. And his face was wrapped in a cloth. And Jesus said, thank you, Lord. Whew, I'm going to get through the first verse for crying out loud, Micah. Loose him and let him go. Let him go. Loose him. Why? Because he's bound. He's bound in grave clothes. He's alive, but he's dressed like he's dead. Now, we're going to pause right here. You know how in movies they, they, they show you the first part and they pause it, and then they go back to the back? So we got Jesus. We've got Mary. We've got Lazarus. Random Pharisee. A dog peeing on a tree. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Okay. Pausing right there. We'll come back to that. Go to Hebrews 12. Thank you, Lord. Hebrews chapter 12. Thank you, Lord. This has been on my heart for a few weeks, and, and it, it, I'm, I'm excited to get it out. Um, he said in verse uh, 1 of Hebrews chapter 12, Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. He makes a comparison between weights and sins. Now, these are not the same. A weight is not a sin. A weight is something that is slowing you down. You can be on the right road, doing the right thing, with the right people, headed to the right place, but a weight will just keep you at a slow jog instead of running. It's not a sin. But sin easily ensnares us. Another translation says besets us or gets us off. Sin will get you off, get you away from the plan of God. So there's a difference. And he said, lay it aside because it, it snares. Another translation says entangles, entangles. Amen. Amen. Ephesians 4. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go through these as, as quickly as I can because y'all are listening well. And I'm not going to spend any more time than I need to so I can get where I need to get today. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 17. In the New King James as well. I'll be in the New King James most of the time today, Nancy. I didn't mention that to you. Oh, I like this. I like the word. I used to do drugs. Now I do the word. Praise the Lord. Yep. DC talk. What was that? Circa 2000? Well, I don't even know. Long time ago. Okay. Um, praise God. All right. All right. Verse 17. It says, This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord, that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk in the futility of their mind. He said, Don't, don't. Don't walk like they walk. Did he say that? Did I make that up? Okay. So get mad at that, not me. <laughs> Having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life. They were alienated from life. Now I'm going to get into this in a minute, but there's a, 
a difference between life and death, is there not? What is it that Jesus overcame in the grave? Death and sin. And there's a connection. Sin is connected to death. Well, what does that mean, though? What does it mean? We're told in James that sin brings forth death. In the garden, God told Adam and Eve, if you do this thing, you will die. But we both know that they did not die that day. Keep, keep reading. Uh, who being past feeling, past feeling, what does that mean? means I'm feeling something back here. Being past feeling have given themselves over unto lewdness or lasciviousness to work off uncleanness with greediness. Mm-hmm. Keep going. But you have not so learned Christ, if indeed you have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus, that you put off concerning the former conduct the old man, Somebody say the old man. The old man. man, Which does what? Grows corrupt according to the deceitful lusts. And be renewed in the spirit of your mind. The death of sin can be identified in the corruption. It's not about you sinned so I'm I'm dead right here. Adam and Eve did not die. What happened was corruption was introduced. And we see that it showed up first in Cain. Death is corruption. It's something good being corrupted. When it said Lazarus stank because he'd been dead for four days, what happens if you leave an apple out? It rots. It stinks. Why? It's being corrupted. Something's corrupting it. It started out good but it's being corrupted. Keep, keep reading. And that you put on the new man, which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. He said, put off the old man, put on the new man. Why? Because the old man is growing corrupt. Um, this is my cell phone. Say hi, cell phone. Um, Jordan works at Verizon. He's he's my uh, he's my cell phone consultant. I don't pay him, but he he he, <laughs> he works pro bono. He's he's a good man. And uh, it's kind of funny to me because I've been talking to Jordan and Jenna for a while about upgrading this phone. And Jordan's so kind, and and he's such a good salesman because he'll just he'll listen to me and, and just be like, well, you could do this or you could do that. And a few times I've talked to Jenna about it. Jenna's just kind of like in her Adam Sandler voice, like get a new phone, you know, like <laughs> you know. Um, because this is an old phone. It's an iPhone 6. And, uh, well, y- y'all be happy to know I'm upgrading this month. Woo! Praise God. I'm upgrading this month. Because I realized something, Jordan. I realized that um, if I keep this, there are updates that this won't accommodate. That if I want to be a part of the new updates of Apple, I've got to get a new device. Because this is old. Yeah. And, and I, want, I, want to, I want my phone to work well. I want things to work well. But why would I not let go of this? Why would I have a hard time letting go of this phone? Used to it. In some cases, nostalgia can be involved. Or it's going to cost me something to get rid of it. I've got to buy something new. There's a lot of reasons. But see, here's the thing. Um, I could have changed this many times, but I didn't because I didn't have to. But now it's getting to the point that there's a deadline. There's a deadline that if I don't change this, I won't be able to be a part of the update. I've got to make some changes. There's a deadline. The title of this message is It's Time for an Upgrade. Turn to Romans 6, verse 11. uh, Verse 1, I'm sorry. It says, what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Certainly not. Somebody say certainly not. not. How shall we who died to sin live any longer in it? Or do you not know that as many as of us were baptized into Christ, Jesus, were baptized into his death? 
Therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Jesus Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we should walk in newness of life. For if we have been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly also in the likeness of his resurrection, knowing this, that our old man was crucified, that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves. Somebody say, no longer slaves. slaves. That means before you were slaves. Is it nice to be a slave? Is that a good thing? Be in bondage? Have somebody else command you? You have no control over your own life or your own will? No. The Bible says where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Now, he does say don't use your liberty as an occasion to the flesh, but you are at liberty. That's the point. He, he, he sets you free and says, serve me if you will. That's a good God. Verse 8. Oh, I'm sorry. Go back to Zevin. I apologize. For he who has died has been freed from sin. Verse 8. Now, if we died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. We'll go to verse 11. Knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, dies no more. Death has no more dominion over him. For the death that he died, he died to sin once and for all. And the life that he lives, he lives to God. Likewise, you also reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but alive to God in Jesus Christ our Lord. Somebody say that. Dead to sin, alive to God. Alive to God. You know, talking about death and life, there's a lot of things that people chase that they think is life on the outside, on the outward. Um, you know, I've been shocked at how many famous musicians in the past few years have o- overdosed and died at just around the age of 50. Why? Because in order to sustain that lifestyle, they have to have something else. Did you know Keith Richards? Uh, and he said this publicly, but um, he, he used to fly to this place every year. You know Keith Richards is? Rolling Stones. He used to fly to this place every year to get the purest cocaine that they had, and he would get a complete blood transfusion every year so he could keep doing cocaine. Now, this is one of the biggest bands in the world. You know what song they're popular for? I can't get no satisfaction. No life. Money. Probably his choice of female companionship. Fame. But no life. No life. Romans 8, verse 1. Skip ahead. I've read this verse a lot. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. That's good news right there. There's no condemnation. If you're in Christ, God is not here to condemn you. I'm not here to condemn you. Who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. For for what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God did in sending his own Son. He condemns sin in the flesh. Keep going. Uh, Skip to the next verse. We'll skip through some of this. And uh, let's go to verse 6. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Life and peace. What is life and peace? Life is joy, it's satisfaction, it's purpose. It's, it's, it's something that makes me want to get up every morning and live. And peace is satisfaction. That's what it is. Jesus said, my meat is to do the will of him who sent me. Satisfaction. And he said, the mindset on the spirit is life and peace. Keep reading. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God. Uh, skip down to verse um, 11. But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, who raised Christ from the dead, it will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. Verse 12. Therefore, brethren, we are not debtors to the flesh to live according to the flesh. But if you through the spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, you will live. What does that mean? We are not debtors to the flesh. To be in debt means I'm obligated I am bound to something. 
I'm not against credit cards, and this is not an anti-debt message, but this is a credit card. That credit card says freedom, <laughs> unlimited on it. <laughs> Why? Because people, credit card companies, sell you on the idea of financial freedom and feeling unlimited. Is that the case? No. No. I've been paying this guy off for three years. And that's because I made some mistakes. Yep. I'll, I'll admit to it. But is debt freedom? No. He said we're not in debt to the flesh. Right. And that doesn't mean you don't have to pay your debts. No, you do. Trust me, I know. But I'm not obligated to the things of the flesh. Right. You understand? Yes. So, we got through that re- relatively quickly. You guys are great listeners. Um, <laughs> real quick, I want to say this. Um... And we'll go somewhere else this direction. But I was a, I worked for Buddy, and I was at work this a couple weeks ago, and Buddy had me mixing ink. And uh, you know, when I while I was doing that, the Lord began to minister to my heart. And uh, when I was mixing ink, I started out with this bright white, and then I put a little bit of yellow in there, and then I put a little bit of purple in there, and a little bit of red. And before it was all said and done, I had a light brown. Now, what was interesting to me is how just mixing a little bit of something else into that bright white changed it. It went from being a bright white to something else entirely. When you mix other things in to what God is doing in your life, it can change it. Even little by little. Um, 1 John chapter 2 talks about loving not the world neither the things that are in the world. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father. And I'm going to be honest with you. I'm seeing too much of the world mixed into the church. And what it's been doing is slowly changing it. So watch this. We don't look that much different from the rest of the world. Why? Mixing in the world. Now, here's the thing, though. I know, I know, I say worldly. A lot of people say, oh, that's right, Ben. All that worldly, you know, uh, they get all these images in their mind about what worldly means. But we need to come back to what the Word says. Let me read to you real quick, and we'll move on here. What, what is worldly versus what is godly? Because worldly just means ungodly, right. not like God, right. not Christ-like. There's a lot of stuff people say, well, tattoo. Did you know Jesus has a tattoo? Yeah, read it. Book of Revelations. Oh, that, you know, that there, you know, I don't know. I'm not going to get into all that, but (laughs) (sighs) there's a lot of ideas about what worldly is. You got to go back to what he said worldly is, because there's a lot of people that wouldn't think that they're worldly. But what's the spirit behind it? Galatians 522. Do you have the amplified, Nancy? Uh, Actually, put up verse 19. We'll start with this. I have a tattoo, too, by the way, just so you know. <laughs> it says, uh, uh, do you have the, um, is there the Amplified Classic? Or is that the only one? That's all right. That's not a big deal. Now, the practices of the sinful nature are clearly evident. They are sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, keep going, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, strife, jealousy, fits of anger. The, the Amplified Classic brings this out. Um, party spirit, party spirit, is mixing in a party spirit into the church changed it at all? What is that of? God? The Bible says that God is no respecter of persons. And, And I've studied that out, and what I found is that means that He's uh, no respecter of persons. (laughs) And I'll be honest with you. I'm not going to get too far into this, but um, there's too much mixing in man's agenda into the things of God and calling it God. But it's been changed. It started out right. Mm -hmm. It started out good, but it's been altered. And people have been creating their own personal Jesus. 
I'll leave that alone. You know how like you have those action figures of Batman and you have the different versions of Batman? That's what people have been doing with Jesus. Somebody who will conform to them. But worldly, this is what worldly is. Strife. Strife is ungodly and worldly. Jealousy is ungodly and worldly. Fits of anger are ungodly and worldly. There's a lot of religious people who have fits of anger. Uh, Verse 21. Envy, drunkenness, riotous behavior, and other things like these. Uh, Verse 22, though. The fruit of the Spirit is love. That's like God. That is God. Joy, peace, patience, the ability to wait. Oh, man. (laughs) But how we act while we wait. I didn't see that till now. Kindness, goodness, faithfulness. Keep going. Gentleness, self-control. These are godly things. These are of the Spirit. But anything else that is mixed in, it's not godly. It's not like Him. He's loving. He's kind. He's patient. Praise God. He's full of joy. He's gentle. And he has self-control. Thank God. Could you imagine if God didn't have self-control? We'd all be dead. Many times. And there's a few times you, you say, well, God never wanted to kill nobody. That's not true. Have you, read, have you read Exodus? He said, Moses, get out of the way. No, but he has self-control. Praise God. Thank you, Lord, for self-control. All right, guys. We're going we're gonna to get into it now. And... Uh, All right, here we go. Luke 5, uh, verse 36. I I was laying a foundation there. You know, a house is no good unless the foundation is right. And this will be in the New King James, Nancy. Better get there myself. uh, Luke 5, verse 36. When you have it, say, I have it. it. Praise the Lord. (laughs) He said... um, No one puts a piece from a new garment on an old one. Otherwise, the new makes a tear. And also, the piece that was taken out of the new does not match the old. It doesn't match. And no one puts new wine into old wineskins. Or else the new wine will burst burst the wineskins and be spilled. The wineskins will be ruined. But new wine must be put into new wine skin, and both will be preserved. What does it say? No one, don't, verse 39, you did it right, Nancy, thank you. No one having drunk old wine immediately desires the new, for he says, what? The old is better. Why would you try to put new wine into an old wineskin. Because that's mama's wineskin. Are you listening? That wineskin's been in our family for generations. The reason why you would try to put new wine into an old wineskin is because you're attached. You're attached to it. Micah was talking about being attached to things. I'm, I'm attached to it. Nostalgia. Now, nostalgia is a wonderful thing. Uh, we have a memory where we have, you know, make great memories with our family and look back on things that are wonderful. And God gives us a memory to look back and see the wonderful things that he's done for us. Praise God. The only time nostalgia is a problem is when it does one of two things. It keeps you from following Jesus fully. And it keeps you attached to something that's growing corrupt. Are you listening? Yeah. Attachments. Whew, thank you, Lord. In the Passion Translation, it says, no one rips up a new garment to make patches for an old. He said down, down at the end of it, verse 39, new wine must be poured into new wineskins, yet you say the old ways are better, and you refuse to even taste the new that I bring. Now, I need a volunteer for uh, an illustration here. Um, let's see here. Elijah, come up here, buddy. Oh, sorry, I meant my little brother. Oh. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> Perfectly not confusing. Sorry. I, I actually have one for you, too, Elijah. Um, now, this is a little bit nasty, guys. 
I found this in the back. This is an old coffee cup, probably from about two years ago. Got lost, and it was in the back. This has coffee stains and old coffee from probably about two years ago. Um, I'm going to throw it away after this. <laughs> this is a fresh, new bottle of water. Never been opened. Oh, no. Elijah, go ahead and drink some of that, buddy. <laughs> don't really drink it. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you want to drink it? Well, it, it, it doesn't look like coffee or water. Uh, it's, it's a brownish water. That's not right. Water's not supposed to be brown, is it? No, not, not no, usually. No, it's not. not. Not usually. That's okay. You're good, buddy. You can go sit down. <laughs> why, why wouldn't I want to drink this? I can pass it around. Anybody? What's up? Why? Because the old vessel taints the new. It's corrupted it. The reason why people are trying to mix, they're attached to the old, and they're trying to mix the old life with the new life. Yeah. And it doesn't mix. Right. Come on. It doesn't mix. All it will do is corrupt. Right. Y'all doing okay? Yeah. Um, the Bible says that we are not ignorant of Satan's devices. And the enemy is crafty, and he knows what appeals to you. A lot of people get all fired up about the evil agenda of the enemy that's on the other side of what they prefer. But, you know, Satan knows how to play the card that you like. Right. Right. He's crafty. Yep. He, he knows your favorite music. He knows your favorite food. Yep. People say, well, God knows what I like. Yes, yeah, so does Satan. Yeah. And, he, and he'll use it to appeal to you. And he's counting on you loving something in the flesh so much that you stay attached to it so that the corruption that is in it affects you. Did you know what happens if you put your foot on a log with fire ants on it? It's going to get on you. Why? Because you're, you're attached. If I'm not, it can't get on me. I can be around the log as long as I'm not, watch this, touching it. Touching it. Now, oh man, thank you, Lord. Second Corinthians chapter 6. Are y'all doing all right this morning? Y'all still love me? There's fresh tomatoes in the back if you want to throw some at me. No, I'm just kidding. Um, again, I'm, I'm here to preach the word. I, I, trust me, there are other things I could have preached this morning that would have made other people like me. And uh, I, I want to preach the word. And, and if there's any issue with any of this, just, hey, take it up with him. Don't get mad at me. Um, I, I'm, just, I'm just the messenger. Don't shoot me. After I get done here, I'm going to go home, eat some Easter candy, and just live my best life now. So don't, you know, this is not about me. Not about me. And also, when I was preparing this, uh, I winced a little bit. <laughs> and, and the Lord was dealing with me about this. There are areas in my life he was dealing with me about it in. And so uh, this isn't coming from a place of uh, pointing the finger at anybody else. Trust me. Thank you, Lord. Verse, uh, verse 14, 2 Corinthians 6. Do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. What's a yoke? It's a picture of two animals being yoked together. They're attached. Elijah, come up here, brother. You. Front row, Elijah. God forbid we were handcuffed together. That would complicate our friendship, wouldn't it? What was the gospel bill that said he, he handcuffed him and said, you leave when I leave. Yeah, you yeah, know. Yeah. Let's say me and Elijah are handcuffed together. Elijah, go, go, go that way. Walk that way. But I don't want to go that way. Yeah. Of course, Elijah's bigger than me. so he can <laughs> <laughs> Okay, okay. Let's say I want to go this way. Elijah, stand where you are. 
But Elijah didn't want to go that way. But we're handcuffed together. We're yoked. The Bible said, how can two walk together except they be agreed? So a couple things are going to happen. That's good. Thank you, brother. A couple things are going to happen. Either Elijah's going to pull me the direction he's going, or I'm going to pull them, I'm going to pull him the direction I'm going, or we're not going to go anywhere at all. Why? Because we're yoked. He said, for what fellowship has righteousness with unrighteousness? And what communion has light with darkness? Um, Luke, do me a favor, brother. Go turn the lights off. Turn them all off. Is this okay? What, what, what happens with this light when those lights go off? They're illuminating the darkness. Now, shut, shut the lights back on here. What happened to the darkness? It's gone. Why? Because light and darkness don't have communication. They don't have concord. They don't have communion. There's no 50-50 going on with light and darkness. And when you are a light and you go into a dark place, you're going to light it up. If you are not lighting it up, then the implication is you're not being a light. If, uh, If I go somewhere and I look just like the people that I'm around that are not believers, that don't love God, am I being a light if I look just like them? Why? Light makes people squint. You ever turned a light on in a room where somebody was sleeping? What did they, what did they say? Turn it off! That's right. And that's understandable. But when people are enjoying darkness... They don't like the light. And and when you are a light somewhere, people will either come to the light and wake up or they will try to get the light to turn off. Now we're going somewhere here. I'm going to come back to that. Put that on your scripture shelf for now. Verse 15. What accord has Christ with Belial? That's a King James word for the devil. What part has a believer with an unbeliever? And what agreement has the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell in them and walk among them. I will be their people and they will be my God. Verse 17. Therefore, come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. Touch not what is unclean and I will receive you. Now let me just go ahead and say this. God is not saying, I don't love you. I don't want you. I'm not here with you. But there comes a time where the Lord is calling you into a deeper place with him. He's calling you into another place with him. And it's kind of like a child who's learning to walk. They're holding on to something. And then the dad's over here and he's like, baby, come on, come to me. Let go of that and walk to me. Come on, let's grow together. Let's grow together. When he says, I will receive you, the implication is that he's standing with his arms wide open. He's like, just draw near to me, and I'll draw near to you. This isn't him saying, like, oh, you're disgusting. I'm not going to have anything to do with you. No, he's, it's an invitation. But here's what I want to point out to you. This word, when it says not to touch what is unclean, it's not talking about, I'm at a museum, and it says, do not touch, and I'm like, <laughs> no. <laughs> when I was preparing this, it came up right out of my spirit. And I hadn't looked it up. It came up out of my spirit. This word touch means to be attached. And I didn't know it. I didn't look it up. But I thought, well, if I'm going to say that, I better look it up. I looked it up. The Greek word is hoptomai. Hoptomai is the Greek word. Do you know what the first definition of hoptomai is? To be attached. It's not just talking about a light touch. There's an attachment here. It's hard to turn loose. 
And you know what? He said, what agreement does the temple of God have with idols? What did Jesus say about believers? If any two or three of you agree as touching, it'll be done for you. Thank you, Lord. Well, y'all want to stop there? Y'all want to keep going? Are you ready? Ready to get get a little farther into it? <laughs> All right. <laughs> Here we go. This is this is like the third act of Interstellar. This is where it gets really <laughs> Oh man. Matthew McConaughey is crying. Anne Hathaway's mad. It's, oh. Genesis nineteen. You know, the Bible says that all scripture is good for instruction and edification. In the New Testament, people say, well, that's Old Testament. But the New Testament says that the Old Testament is for our example. So that just ruined your little. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Lord. Uh, Yes, ma'am, I sure did. Verse one. Now the angels came to Sodom in the evening. And Lot was sitting in the gate of Sodom. When Lot saw them, he rose to meet them, and he bowed him his face to the, to the ground. Verse 4. Now before they lay down, the men of, of Sodom, of the city, both young and old, all the people from every quarter, surrounded the house. And they called to Lot and said to them, Where are the men who came to you tonight? Bring them out to, the, to us that we may know them carnally. Verse 6. So Lot went out to them through the doorway, shut the door behind him. And uh, skip down to verse 9. And they said, Stand back. This one came in to stay here, and he keeps acting as a judge. Now we will deal worse with you than with them. Lot said, hey guys, please, these men are my guests. Don't harass them. Don't do anything to them. Um, he, bought, he tried to reason with them. He tried to bargain with them. And they're accusing Lot of being a judge. Why? Because he won't partake in what they're doing. Now, now let me ask you a question. Why is it that out of all the people in the city, these men had to come and target the two men that came in, these two angels. Because darkness has a way of wanting to put out the light. Because the light is shining, it's showing the truth, and darkness wants to shut that light off. And Psalm 55 talks about people who cast iniquity upon you. Why? Because if I can get you to do this with me, I can prove that you're no different. Right. Right. And this is not about Lot thinking he was better than them. This is not about him judging them. It was just, hey, guys, come on, please. Have some respect. I just don't want to be a part of that. But there was this pressure that was coming against him to give in. It says they pressed hard against the the man. Pressure, pressure, pressure to conform, to give in to what is not like God. Keep reading. Skip down to, uh, skip down to verse 15. And the angels urged Lot to hurry, saying, Arise, take your wife and your two daughters who are here, lest you be consumed in the punishment of the city. Uh, The King James says, lest you be consumed in the iniquity of the city. And while he lingered, he lingered, the men took hold of his hand, his wife's hand, and the hands of his two daughters, and the Lord being merciful to them. And they brought him out of the city. He says he lingered. Why did he linger? He's attached. He's attached. And uh, verse 17. 
Y'all doing all right? Praise God. It's quiet out there. Um, Verse 17. He said, do not look behind you. Don't look back. Leave, get out, and don't look back. And he said, please know, my lords. I won't read all this. Skip down to verse 26. There's a lot here. But his wife looked back behind him. And what happened? She became a pillar of salt. This is not just because she was curious and looked back curiously of what was happening. The, the Amplified brings out, she looked back longingly. The Young's Literal Translation says she looked back expectantly. Lot's wife still believes there's something there for her. It's unclean. It's ungodly. But she still believes there's something there. There's, she still thinks there's life in that for her. And what happened was, because she couldn't turn loose of the attachment, she was partaking in the corruption Therefore, partook in the destruction because she was attached. She was attached. Now, people look at this and say, well, look at how God did that. God is so mean. No, the Bible, the Bible just said the Lord being merciful to them. He said, baby, come out. Get out of there. You don't belong in there. I, I've joined you to Abraham. Abraham's blessed. Come get with him. I, I've got you. Come on, just get out of there. But the enemy got access to her because she wouldn't turn loose. All right. Now, Revelation chapter 18. Um, While you're there, I'm going to read something to you. Don't put this up. Just just turn to Revelation 18. I'll tell you the verse in a second, Nancy, but I want to read this first. In Hebrews chapter 12. Thank you, Lord. If I can, if I can get there on time. Praise God. All right. Hebrews chapter uh, 11. And don't, don't put this up. I'll just read it. Um, where is it at now? It says, By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hid three months of his parents, because they saw he was a proper child, and they were not afraid of the king's commandment. By faith, Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater than riches than in the treasures of Egypt, for he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. By faith, he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. Through faith, he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of blood, lest he that destroyed the firstborn should touch them. By faith, he kept the Passover, the sprinkling of the blood. The Bible says that we're sanctified by the blood. You say, well, Ben, you you think you're better than other people? No, I'm redeemed by the blood. I'm separated by the blood. Thank you, Lord. And we actually, this week was Passover week. Easter happens during, during Passover week. And the Passover was when the children of Egypt were in the middle, I'm sorry, the children of Israel were in Egypt, and there were plagues coming on Egypt. And they were in the land of Goshen. The Bible says, though, that there was light in Goshen, even though there was darkness in Egypt. They weren't touching it. There in Goshen, Egypt's dealing with these plagues, this darkness. What did God say to the children of Israel? Come out. Come out. Why? I have a promised land for you. I'm bringing you somewhere. I'm bringing you somewhere. But a lot of the Egyptians turned back and looked back at where they had come from. Because even though they were out of Egypt, Egypt wasn't quite out of them. Mm-hmm. Revelation 
18. Verse 2. He cried mightily with a loud voice, saying, Babylon, the great, is fallen, is fallen. What is Babylon? Babylon is representative of the ungodly world. And he said, Babylon is fallen and has become the habitation of devils and the hold of every foul spirit and a cage of every unclean and hateful bird. That's the original angry birds, in case you're wondering. <laughs> every hateful bird. For, uh, for all nations, somebody say all nations. all nations. How many nations is all nations? All. So does that include all nations? So did you know that somebody once did a Greek study of the word all? <laughs> you know what they found about the Greek word all? It means all. All nations have drunk of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. The kings of the earth have committed fornication with her, and the merchants of the earth have become rich through the abundance of her luxury. The Lord gave me a phrase. Many people want to be free from the oppression of Babylon while still enjoying the luxuries of Babylon and indulging in the sins of Babylon. There's a lot of people who say, well, we're not going to take that oppression. We're resisting tyranny. Yeah, but are you resisting the sin that's of the same spirit? A lot of people want to be free from the oppression. The, the children of Israel wanted to be free from the oppression of Egypt, but they had a hard time turning loose of the sins of Egypt. And you see that when Moses was on Mount Sinai in the glory, and they're down here with idols. Idols. Verse 3. Oh, I'm sorry. Verse 4, excuse me. And I heard another voice from heaven saying, Come out of her, my people, lest you share in her sins and lest you receive of her plagues. There's, there's a lot of talk about changing Babylon. We're going to stand and we're going to believe to change Babylon. He didn't tell you to change Babylon. He told you to come out of it. He told you to come out. Be separate. Now, here's the thing. He, he talks about harlotry and, and some of these phrases and things of that nature. Can I, can I tell you what set me free from drug addiction? It wasn't just knowing it was wrong or knowing it was hurting me. It was a revelation of the jealousy of God. The jealousy of God. He's a jealous God. And he loves with a jealous love. But he's not jealous of you. He's jealous for you. And he's jealous when he sees his people partaking in things that are not of him. He loves you. It's because he loves you that he calls you out of that. He calls you out of it. Amen? Turn to Psalm 16. Thank you, Lord. We're almost done. And uh, we're going to take communion after church for those of you who want, want to stay and be a part of that. And we're going to have a time of ministry as well. Um, I'm not going to go too much farther in this. Psalm 16, we'll have one more verse after that. Remember what I told you? Uh, th this, this was not my idea of an Easter message. Yeah. You understand? Thank you, Lord. Verse 1, he says, Preserve me, O God. Preserve me. 
for in you I put my trust. O my soul, you have said to the Lord, you are my Lord. My goodness is nothing apart from you. Verse 3, as for the saints who are in the earth. They are the excellent ones in whom is all my delight. God did not tell you to come out of the body of Christ. He did not tell you to be separate from the body of Christ. In fact, Jesus prayed that we would be one as he and the Father are one. And Jesus also said that if one sheep leaves the flock... What does Jesus do? And brings it back where? To the flock. He did not tell you to come out and be separate from the body of Christ. You say, well, you know, a lot of these Christians have a lot of problems. Uh, You know, Jesus talked about how uh, enemies sowed bad tares among good wheat. And he said, "Don't, don't destroy it. Let it grow together, and then we'll separate the bad from the good. But a lot of people will throw the baby out with the bathwater. And because they see some bad tears, they'll throw out the good wheat. That's not what we're supposed to do. Can I tell you something? That the body of Christ is full of people. You know who people are a lot like? You. And they're not perfect. A lot like you. And they have flaws a lot like you. The Bible talks about making allowance for people's faults. But David said to the saints, they're the ones I delight in. I'm connected with them. Verse 4, their sorrows will be multiplied who hasten after another God. Do you want to know what the Hebrew word for hasten means here? To give gifts to. To give gifts to. Are you giving your gifts to somebody else? Your talents? What God has given you? He said, I won't give my gifts to another God. It's prostituting the gift. And that makes God jealous. Because he loves you. This is real love. Love is not me telling somebody what they always want to hear and patting them on the back while they die. God's love is jealous. He said, Oh Lord, you are the portion of my inheritance in my cup. You maintain my lot. The lines have fallen to me in pleasant places. Yes, I have a good inheritance. I will bless the Lord who has given me counsel. My heart also instructs me in the night seasons. I have set the Lord always before me. Because he is at my right hand, I shall not be moved. Therefore, my heart is glad and my inner man rejoices. My glory rejoices. My flesh also will rest in hope. For you will not leave my soul in hell nor allow your Holy One to see corruption. You will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand there are pleasures forevermore. In his presence is life. At his right hand there are pleasures forevermore. I could go on with this. Um, I'll read this to you real quick and we'll be done. 1 Corinthians 15. And we're going to take communion here. And we're going to have a time of ministry for anybody who'd want it. Um, Verse 33. Go ahead and put up uh, 1 Corinthians 15, 33. Do not be deceived. Evil company does what? Corrupts. Good habits. Good lifestyle. Um. He said in verse 34, awake to righteousness, don't sin. Uh, Down in verse 42, he says, so also is the resurrection from the dead. The body is sown in corruption. It is raised in incorruption. It is sown in dishonor. It is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness. It is raised in power. It is sown a natural body. It is raised a spiritual body. 
Verse uh, 53. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible has put on incorruption, and this mortal has put on immortality, then will be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your sting? O Hades, where is your victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. He said, you have to put off the incorruptible and put on, I'm sorry, put off the corruptible and put on the incorruptible. Now, last, with that in mind, last thing, we're done. John chapter 11, it's still paused, it's still waiting for us, praise God. John chapter 11, what happened? Verse 40 again, did I not say, sorry, I'm not giving you any time, Nancy, I apologize. That if you would believe, you would see the glory of God. Verse 41. They took away the stone from the place where the dead man was laid. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. And I know that you always hear me because of the people who are standing by. I said this, that they may believe that you sent me. Now when he had said these, he, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And when he who had died came out, bound hand and foot, I'm sorry, bound hand and foot, excuse me with grave clothes, and his face was wrapped with a cloth, Jesus said, loose him and let him go. Put off the, the corruption, the corruptible, so that the man who is alive can be free for the life that I've given him. Amen. Hey, thanks for listening to the Tanny Love Church podcast. For more information about us, visit us online at www.tannylovechurch.com. And you can also check us out on social media on Instagram and Facebook.